and welcome to another We March On with Stephen Tom, the unofficial Southampton FC podcast in partnership with the Believe Podcast Network. How are you doing, Saints fans? It's been a tough week. Relegation confirmed after a loss to Fulham at home at St Mary's at the weekend. I was there. Wasn't necessarily a fun environment to be at after the game, but it's happened now. That band-aid has been ripped off the sore and it's a season in the championship to potentially look forward to. And speaking of looking forward, I'm directly looking into the face of my co-host, Tom H, which stands for Holmes, Deacon. How are you doing, <laughs> sir? <laughs> oh, Steve. I love, I lo- obviously this is episode 35. It's the Jan Bednarak episode. Um, looking forward to getting into it. Listening to you. I absolutely adore because I never know where you're going to go with that intro. I think you set the scene beautifully. I think I don't start... know where I'm going to go myself, mate. It's just completely well, off the top of my head. Well, that's why I love it. I love it for that reason. And I'm sure everyone listening now loves it because I felt like, now don't get me wrong, this isn't a criticism to start the show. It's not at all. I felt like you started with high energy and then realized, oh God, it's relegation. <laughs> so then you had to just mellow out a little bit. And I think, I think that's how we feel. But yeah, I look at you right now and I'm 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 happy I'm happy that it's done like enough of the pain and the could it will it happen it's happened I don't know though looking at the championship whether we can look forward to the championship um, because there's some really tough teams in there but it's over we're relegated we didn't deserve to stay up move on like I, I've gone through all the stages of of loss now uh, I've had anger um, it feels like a bit of grief is there but you know what? I'm I'm I, I'm accepting. You're at the acceptance stage, yeah. Yeah. Good what about stuff. you, mate? What about you? Uh, yeah, I think it's it was obviously the writing was on the wall for for a number of weeks now. It's 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 not been been good enough on on the pitch um, for for the majority of the season. So if you, if you look at it uh, from a non-biased point of view, it it almost feels deserved. You know what I mean? If you look at the rest mm. of the teams and and how Southampton have performed, like there was there was no other real real alternative. Um, I think that it could be a really good opportunity. We're looking at the positives. It could be a really good opportunity to, you know, rebuild, um, get that ethos and and the right you know, characters back into the into the squad, and have a, a real go at the championship. Some positivity, some win, some games. If they can bounce back and do a Burnley, and and that's another trophy. I know it's the championship, but you know it's a it could potentially be another trophy or or, or indeed a, a playoff final or something like that. It would be it would be fantastic to see. You mentioned about the tough teams in the championship. Now the playoff semi-finals have been happening over the last week, and. Um, Two teams that we didn't think would actually reach the final reached the final. Yeah, so the, the smaller of the of the four, like yeah. the, the two Luton, tiny. They're going to have to invest millions if they get up, just because their ground can. Well, if they win the championship final, they'll win millions. Oh, it's in the playoff oh, final, of um, course. But then they're going to have to spend it on a ground just to make sure that they're worthy of, of, of being in the Premier League. Brilliant story. Love Luton for that fact. Uh, and there's a certain Nathan Jones that comes to mind. <laughs> Maybe we should get Nathan Jones back in. Sorry, I know my mind's going. Well, some elsewhere. people are like, well, look at both teams. Like Southampton got worse and Luton got better. So, um, <laughs> and as soon as they got James Bree off the books, I'm joking, yeah. James. If you're listening, we we don't know your potential yet. You could be a very very good Championship player. <laughs> so you've got Luton, Luton and Coventry in in the playoff final, which means Middlesbrough 
and Sunderland are, are staying in the championship next season. Two tough teams as well. Like they have, there are some, there's some real quality in that division. And, and it's I'm not teaching anyone how to suck eggs. Most football fans know it's probably the hardest division in the world to get out of. Um, mm. And some teams have, have exited the Premier League and, and remained in the EFL for eternity. So yeah. Southampton don't obviously want to be in that position. Um, it might not happen first time around. It might take a season or two. Who knows? But I think nothing can be done about it now. It's happened. We have to deal with it. I think it's about the club reinvesting in experience. I think this summer getting, you know, players of quality, but also who know how to play in that division as well. Yeah. Um, and and trying to gel that with the extremely talented young crop that are still there. A lot of players will undoubtedly move on. Um, good. But, <laughs> but I think <laughs> good, it's about good, ha- good. Harnessing, harnessing the young potential, the talent that's there with some some experience, which we just haven't had in the Premier League this season. Um, we'll come on to a lot of Saints chat in a bit, Tom. I want to know how you have been. Uh, a busy week. I've seen you. Well, I haven't seen you personally. I've seen you show me pictures of you on the telly. Um, and uh, and you've also been, um, you're now the voice, the online voice of a particular uh, fizzy drink brand. Fizzy pop. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Steve. Um, this week has been uh, a little bit busy. I recorded on Monday for BT Sport, a little show called The Football Is On. My debut on the show, very excited. I also found out exactly at that moment, just before I went to record it, that it was also going to be the last ever one. Um, the <laughs> BT Sport has been bought for, by a company who are saying, we don't want that show anymore. So my one debut, one and done, uh, out of my circle of control, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had an old Saints kit, uh, two of them actually. One that we had the relegation against Swansea where Gabbiadini scored. Uh, we survived, got old Mark Hughes period behind me. And I had a Saints um, red and white stripe signed uh, on the last day um, of the well, last game, uh, competitive one at the Dell. So good old Matt Latis and Hassan Cashlaw, all these names that mean nothing to you. Klausi Lundikvam, Franny Benali, um, all signed. So, so it was great to do that. And I also wore the shirt that you and I have from this season, that lovely little green number. The green number, yeah. And they said, oh, you've got all your Saints stuff on. I said, yes. And here's the thing. I'm going to be burning all of this <laughs> to, to make, because the, the cost of living crisis is pretty big. And that's how I feel about this particular shirt this year. Not the legendary shirts behind me, but the new one. So, um, but look, I, I did the show with Charlie Baker, Ian Stone. Charlie Baker's a talkie fan. They got relegated so we could connect. And then Ian Stone said this phrase, Steve, which I know will cut deep. He said, oh, I've never experienced relegation as an Arsenal fan. Oh, well, flip you. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was brutal. But Charlie Baker got back to him by saying, well, look, I've got a stat here for you, Ian. Uh, you have spent 93% of this season on top <laughs> of the Premier League um, and you still let it slip. So that is an incredible stat. 7%. If you'd have said to an Arsenal fan, 7% of the season, you will not be on top. Uh, they'd be like, oh, we're going to win it. No. So uh, it was kind of like giving it a little bit, a lot of banter between each other. But um, yeah. it was still painful. It was painful to be a Saints fan on that show. And then what about your um, what about your Fanta advert? Oh, mate. Fan- well, you know, because you've done a voiceover before. Have you, have you done one before? 
Yeah, in my early days in media, I did a few. Um, I'm trying to think. I did them for like local radio adverts for the NHS and for Cineworld. Um, but the probably my biggest one, Tom, yeah. was for Skoda. Oh, now, Skoda. Now, it was for their, whatever the car was, the Karok or whatever. I can't remember what it was. The Kodiak. That was it. The Skoda Kodiak. Now, I remember okay. now. And Paloma Faith, the music artist, was yeah. um, basically front and center of this particular advert. They were centering it. The, the advert was around her doing a gig or whatever. So anyway, they they get... Uh, I think four or five VO artists to go along to the studio in London and we're all reading the same lines and essentially they're, they're chopping and picking who they yeah. want. And there was there was one which was a DJ and it was like, please welcome Paloma Faith with her latest track or whatever. And it was like reading certain things. And, um, and essentially what happened, I spent an hour or an hour and a half in London. There was no extra buyout, so I just got the fee. And it was a decent fee at that. They cut me entirely from the tv advert i didn't get a single moment of air on the tv advert but no. on the ra- but on the radio advert i made 1.7 seconds mate feels like my love life that yeah um, that's it <laughs> so that's oh. really the extent of, of my voiceover career One, 1.7 seconds of radio time oh mate it's bonkers like my i've got a voiceover agent that said tom are you free on this date i say yes of course you get paid when you do a voiceover for that hour that you're in the studio. So they pay you for your time. And then if it gets used, then you get extra money. It depends whether it's on TV, if it's on radio, they all come with a different price package uh, that my agent looks after. And I don't know what that is. So my agent goes, by the way, you get this. And I'm like, yay, result. <laughs> so, so I get called in to do the Fanta ad and the client, the people who work for Fanta weren't there. They decided that they, they, for whatever reason, they didn't turn up. So I'm working with, it sounds wanky, a creative team to read two lines and to come up with something extra. Like, I think that's great. You've given us a take there, high energy, rocky. We want that sort of voice. Um, um, could you just say your differently? And you have to repeat it about three or four times. And um, and the client wasn't there. So at the end of this, I've been in the in recording for an hour. The machine wasn't working properly. That's their fault but we still managed to get some stuff. And I left there thinking, well, that went well. And they said, yeah, the client might not use you. So so you're like, so annoying. You've given an hour, fun to be in the booth. It's nice to be out of the house, but will it be used, Steve? I still don't know. And so when I see something, the advert goes out, that'll be the first time like everybody else sees it. And I'll be like, oh, brilliant. My voice made it. It's, yeah. it's a bizarre, bizarre it, world. Funnily enough, that reminds me, I did do one for Gymshark for one of their social media um, campaigns. And again, it's like when you get that direction and like there probably are professional career voiceover artists out there that, you know, they'll, they're, they're working week is essentially working on their voice and listening back to themselves and, and, and knowing how they can change their, their diction or their delivery in whatever way possible because that is kind of their bread and butter they do this for a living but as people more so you but people like us who who might get the odd one here or there um when you're in that booth and you've got your hands on which is headphones in the industry um and you're delivering a line and someone says yeah that's great they never say that shit they never say didn't like that they always go yeah that's great um could we maybe get it a bit more uh 
jazzy. Or they might say, oh, do you reckon we can get that with a bit more oomph? Or whatever it may be. Or like you say, they might pick a certain word. But whatever they tell you to do in your head, I don't know about you, I'm shitting it because I can't say it any other way. Yeah, because that's... then I basically just do it the same way again. And again, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it might sound slightly different because I'm trying a little bit. But I know that I don't really know what I'm doing. And I didn't really understand the direction, but I'm too scared to tell them what do you actually mean by that? Yeah, because because I've been booked and my agent said, you've been booked. The professionalism is you you have to pretend as if you've done this a hundred times before yeah. and you're going with confidence. And and as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, it's kind of like a manager saying to the players, the Saints players, could you just play a bit more fearlessly? Yeah. What does that, what mean? Does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go in for tackles. Could you be less aggressive? Can you be like all of these descriptive words of what you want from someone? Or it's like, um, you know, can you play more freely? It's like be a bit more, be a bit more loose with the script. Be be a bit more free with the script. And you're like, but but you want me to say the words that are there. Yeah, so how yeah. can I be more loose? And it's like saying to a player, play more freely. Yeah. But you want me to stick to the tactics that you're drilling into us week in week out on the on the on the training field. Well, how, it, it's a conundrum. It's Trust an oxymoron. Your, oxy, on nail on the head, mate. Trust your instincts, Lianco. What are you doing? Don't run that far forward. You're out of position. But you want me to play with flair and that passion that I bring. Well, not all that. It's so it's so difficult. Yeah. And and you're you're like I said the lines a couple of times. And they're like that's great. But can you put emphasis on one word? So you do that again. And like, yeah, could you do it a bit faster? Yep, you do that again. And then that just one with a bit more smile. <laughs> and you're like, okay. And basically, whatever they said to me, I was going to read it in a, in a in a way that I would do anyway. And they said, yeah, that's great. And I don't know, because they've seen or they've heard my uh, demo reel already, they kind of know roughly what my voice sounds like. But in, in the studio, I've had it once before for a Voxel advert where the client was on the on the line and they said, mm, it's not the voice. It's not like his demo and you're getting called out on it. Ooh. Kind of like a football player was like, say, Paul, I know what you, you were brilliant in the Belgium League. You could score goals. What has happened when we have hired you to do a job <laughs> here? It, you look completely different, right? And 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 I was I was in, and luckily the, the director in the, in the studio was like, sorry, it, yeah, no, the demo is one thing, and he's here now. What do you want? What do you want from the voice? And they couldn't quite explain what they wanted. Yeah, I, st I still got to do the ad, but that's really you're like, oh, I put that demo together, and it was my voice. But it's so hard to get and be descriptive of what you really want. Yeah. But anyway, it's done now. Hopefully. The Fanta Colour Combo Contest will go well and you will be bored to tears for those 10 seconds with listening to my voice. Right, Tom. Well, we do have to move on. And on the subject of being bored to tears, let's talk about that performance <laughs> against Fulham at home uh, at the weekend. Were you bored to tears or were you just thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed? Because I feel like if the Charlie Alcaraz, if he'd have just timed that run better, mm. could have been a completely different game. I maybe. don't blame Alcaraz for that run because I remember, I remember specifically watching it in real time and he is holding on, waiting for a pass for a good two to three seconds after the pass should have been played. I think that's a slow 
a slow bit of decision making from Prousey in that area because I was like, pass now, pass now, pass it, and then he passed it, and he's offside by a, by a fraction. And I think Charlie had actually curved his run and held his run, um, and it's just it was just a personally, I just think a, a, a slow delivery from from Prousey, which is the reason why he's offside because mm. it gives the defenders time to to push up. Um, it, maybe the game would have, would have been different because obviously Fulham scored within moments of the, of that chance happening, really. Yeah. Um, so it, it could have been all different, but it wasn't. I think Saints, again, as we say, started brightly. Um, Fulham did see a lot of the first sort of period of possession and then Saints grew into the game a bit more. And the, the first half, you'd say, yeah, pretty even. Like Southampton, if they can just nick a goal here, that they probably could hold on. And, you know, we've seen it so many times this season. Second half, they the, the opposition team obviously have better instructions in the dressing room at half time. They get Southampton almost get found out a little bit after 45 minutes and and this, and it's exactly what happened and I found that it was a bit languid in in the display after after half time and it just seemed devoid of uh, of knowing what to do and creativity and you mentioned Paul Onuachu in in the little kind of opening segment and I actually thought he'd get hooked at half time because it was they just I don't understand why they don't play to his one strength which is height because mm. we've seen him try and come into midfield to receive the ball. Uh, uh, doesn't have a good first touch um, or distribution. Um, we've seen him try and, you know, get into certain areas. And I just feel like if you're going to play Paul, you need to just get it to, out to a winger and just mm. lump it in and just make sure that he's trying to get on the end of a header or knock it down to someone. And then you flood the box with your midfielders or your wingers. Um, and they just play in the standard way they've been playing all season with a, a massive number nine that doesn't really add anything to that system of play. Alcaraz running his socks off. Uh, there's there's a few players on that pitch that if Southampton can keep, I think they will have a really good core for next mm, season. Definitely. Charlie Alcaraz ran his socks off. I thought he was his intensity was great. His desire was great. There was one moment actually where he had the ball and had no support. And he was looking up to his left and his right. And I think it might have been Walcott and maybe Onimachu, Walcott on his right, Onimachu on his left, sauntering, not bursting a gut to get yeah. in behind the defence where he can play a, a, a splitting pass. And he kind of looked at his options and had to play it back and then fumed. And you could see him just like lambasting those players for not, for not, charging forward but it wasn't just them it was kind of a lot of other players as well just almost just not giving it everything and that's what was a bit disappointing uh Romeo Lavia again looked great in the middle of the park but you can't do it all on your own um again showing a lot of flair and intensity and and passion and I think those two players if we can retain them that's a good core of a midfield for next season uh, is is Lavia and, and Alcaraz but I do fear for for Lavia's future I think he he could be he could be going just because of how how talented he is and and what a future he will have in the game but yeah disappointing I think at the end of it when you when you really look back on it we shouldn't have really allowed one game to define the entire season and and where it got to the point where if you don't win that game then it's mathematically impossible to stay up, and it just it just was a it just was a uh, a culmination and a, a a one game what's the word description? If you were going to describe the season based on one game, it was probably that game against Fulham. Yeah, I mean, there's been. 
nothing really else that we've had or that we've lost in, in the way that we've approached games or played and disappointing. And I think also that Fulham game with Leeds getting a result against Newcastle, you're like, oh, it's even more up against it now as a team. I, th- I think they've, they've sort of accepted it more than anything. And when you mentioned about Charlie Alcaraz and being frustrated, he hasn't accepted it. And that's the sort of player or mentality you want in a squad that, that doesn't give up, that that is fighting. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with you. I, we should def- with, with this show today. We should definitely maybe pick out our our be- not best eleven per se, but but eleven players you would like to keep out of the positions that we've we've got if we went through the squad. But um, so disappointed generally. I I watched bits of the game and then I was like, this is actually just depressing now. Mm. I want it to be over. Is there any way that we can talk to the Premier League and maybe not play Brighton <laughs> and Liverpool? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's just woeful being the bottom yeah. team like we we were when we got relegated last time out of the Premier League. But hey, yeah. I mean, what, how, how did you find it? Because a lot of fans on Twitter were like, "Don't don't clap the players," and I think that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because they wear the badge, uh, and you know, you clap them for their efforts. But it's a tricky one because I know the Northern weren't that complimentary, shall we say. So at full time, there was a chorus of booing. Um, mm. There was jeering the players as well during the game. Ones like us, we mentioned Onoachu and he's probably had a, a bit of a tough reception. And he's as well, you maybe have to give him a little bit of slack because he's come into an underperforming team. Now, admittedly, yeah, he was scoring in Belgium. He was, was he the top scorer or one of the top scorers was, in Belgium? Yeah. Um, and he's come into a team that don't play to his strengths and also are, uh, have a lack of confidence and are underperforming. So he's not had the best of starts. I'm not excusing some of his performances or, or if I think the quality is there or not. But when he was, he tried to do a little like behind, uh, what would you call it? Where you kind of do like a, a horse kick flick, a donkey kick flick, whatever he was trying to do. He tried to like play the ball behind him, like a no look flick on. And it basically just went out of play or it didn't, or it went over his head. I can't remember. It basically just didn't go anywhere where he wanted it to go. And fans were getting on his back already. And like I said, I thought he probably should have been hooked at halftime just because he wasn't playing to what was needed. And, and the fans were already on his back. And then at the end of the game, a chorus of boos, a chorus of you're not fit to wear the shirt to a number of players. But that was kind of then drowned out by the clapping. And I think like when you really look at it, it's sad, like, Yes, you may not be enamoured with the players in the squad and you might feel that not enough has been done to keep Southampton in the Premier League, but three teams have to go down every year, right? Yeah. It happens every single year, three teams go down. And this year, unfortunately, it was Southampton. They were the they were the worst out of 20 teams. Of the, the best 20 teams in the entire country, Southampton were 20th. So, it, unfortunately... That's just the way the cookie crumbles this particular year. And then I think sometimes, and that's where you say about the acceptance is you don't really support players, do you? You support the club. The club is the mainstay throughout everything. So when you're a fan of Southampton, you're not a fan of Paul Onoachu. You're not a fan of James Ward-Prowse. You're not a fan of Romeo Lavia. You're a fan of Saints. So no matter what happens to the club, what division it plays in, who the players are, because they're on a constant rotation every few years anyway, who the manager is, who the owners are, who are only stewards of the club really anyway, Mm. you always support the club. So maybe that was that instant level of just anger and sadness that came out and then that kind of slow realisation of, well, 
regardless of what happens, we're still going to be Saints fans next year. We're just playing in a different division. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the booing, the jeering, maybe not the jeering, I, 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 that's sarcastic. It's sort of like, you know, disappointment. But it, but it is fans letting their feelings known that they're not happy. This isn't good enough. And um, I think there's, it's a really difficult sort of tightrope to walk when you need to lambast poor performances, but you also need to support to get players to play better because mm. they know that they're not just going to be constantly got at because uh, we all have bad days. But I think it's just a combination of just the disappointment. The hope has finally gone. We've been relegated. That's not where we deserve to be as a club. We've been in the Premier League for 10 years. This season's the one that just really, 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 really hasn't been good enough and we've been punished for it. Um, but I reckon, I reckon, you know, there'll be a lot of support in the Championship next season. That hope to to have more wins at St Mary's. Six wins in the Premier League when we last got relegated in 2004-2005. Six wins this time round. The yeah. difference being we scored far more goals uh, last season. 14 more. I know there's two games left to go, but that, that, that's been the main difference is, is just that goal scoring uh, ability that we've we've lacked this year. But two games left to go before we chat about that, Steve, later on. Um, what would you like to look at here? The, the fact that what we've got to look forward to in the Championship or maybe picking out of those 11, who who would we want to stick around? Yeah, I definitely think that's it's a good point to touch on. Just on the what you said before, I think that look at the look at the feel good factor around burnley this season right look at what oh, they've yeah. done in the championship you say about fans coming back uh, there's probably a bit of fear within the club as well also haven't experienced it before that a 32000 seat stadium like st mary's is only going to be two thirds full next yeah. year you know what i mean and that is it's a byproduct of not having all the eyes on you and playing in in the best league in the world but when you start winning games when you start performing well, you see what Burnley absolutely tearing it up as well last season. They probably had a capacity grounds for large ports that parts large large parts. I meant to say portions and parts at the same time. Large parts of that season because the performances were great. Yeah, the performances were good. They're getting wins, top of the table. Feel good factor comes around, draws fans, draws draws money through the through the door. So if Southampton can kind of kickstart next season and just win games and go on winning runs that that will come back and then you've got the oh maybe we will just go straight back up again and it's yeah. a chance to rebuild because you mentioned about how more goals have been scored but also the position of the club to go from finishing 6th and 7th and 8th in that kind of bracket and then consistently 11th 12th 15th 15th 20th like th there has been a steady decline of, of league position over the years so it's not like this has come out of the blue I'd say a team like Leicester is more of a surprise because five years ago four or five years ago they're winning the Premier League yeah. and then and then they're in the Champions League and they may be finishing in the kind of around the top four they're playing Europa League I swear last season or Europa Conference League last season and then they're in the mix to get relegated. I'd, and, and an Everton as well, a huge club with rich history in, in the division. So I'd say that's maybe more of a surprise if that was to happen. And, and, and maybe if the club had been on a landslide from being in Europe, if this was the season after that Europa League campaign and you're landsliding from 6th to 20th, then you go, right, what has happened here? But it's almost been like, you know, 
the steady decline of, of and it's probably down to selling best players every year and and not investing in in players of that quality and trying to replicate with the cheap younger players and making them stars and then selling them on for higher profits that sometimes catches up with you because you can't replicate it every single season and mm. maybe it's a it's a good thing maybe going down clearing out a lot of a lot of players that are on higher wages some would class as deadwood and and building again and having that momentum to go back into the division where then the expectation isn't on you to be finishing mid-table, top-table, and starting to grow and grow. So, you know, I think that's a good thing. When we yeah. look at, at, at who we'd keep, um, it's a coin toss, isn't it, really? Uh, we, we spoke before about who the club could keep. There's obviously going to be a reduction in, in the money available because of the TV revenue isn't the same. Yes, there'll be parachute payments, but undoubtedly it's an opportunity for Sports Republic to sell some high earners, um, get that off the wage bill, also recoup some of the money that they probably still owe from the loan that's outstanding on the purchase of the club, try and balance the books somewhat. And looking at the squads, if we go through it, Tom, yeah, we can pick our 11 in a sec, but who realistically is going to stay? You'd probably go McCarthy's out of contract. He's probably going to go. Carl Walker-Peters is probably going to go. Ainsley Maitland-Niles probably won't be retained. Lianco could stay. Shaletta Saab, maybe. Joe Rebo could probably go. Prousey, again, I'm 50-50 on that. Adam Armstrong and Shea proved it in the championship. Will they stay? Won't they stay? Orsic probably going to go. Onoachu, has he got any other options? Might probably will stay. Caballero will go. Bree will probably stay. Perro, you don't know. Armstrong, you don't know. Sekumara, young, could stay. Gineppo will probably go. Like, I don't want to go through every single player, although I've done half the squad already. But <laughs> you, are, you did it so quickly. I was like, oh, yeah, we've done it really, pretty it, much there. It's, it's really like, I don't know. There is, there's key players you think will go. Your, 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 your big talents like... Salasu will probably go. Um, mm. As as I said, like Carl Walker Peters will probably go because you know they've proved they can do it at that level. Armel Belakotchap and probably one of the one of the first ones as well. So, and then you've got the the talk around the the lone players coming back. Jack Stevens, Nathan Teller, will they have a place in the squad? So um, maybe if we pick uh, our starting eleven in the championship based on the current squad not including the players that we think will probably go, who could we come up with? So let's start in goal. I think this one's probably the one that's that's the most assured, and that's going to be Gavin Bazunu. Yeah, it was fantastic uh, by all accounts. Not that I ever watched any of their games, but in League One for <clears throat> for Pompey. And uh, so I think he maybe that's his level, finds his confidence again. That would be a really, really good thing for Southampton. Um, and of course, there, there's a lone player that was signed, uh, Matus Liss, the um, Poland uh, goalkeeper who's on loan in the French League, Ligue 1. So he would come back. So that would probably be, that, that would be your two goalkeepers straight yeah. away there. And then we look at look at right back, if we're saying that Kyle's on his way out, and you'd probably say Tino Livramento. If he can, if he can you know, get fit before, before the end of the season and then through pre-season, you'd probably say Tino would be your first choice right back. Oh, definitely. I mean, Tino was fantastic. We saw what potential he had. And I think he'll need a season not at Premier League level. Like If he went to a Premier League club for potential, you'd be like, he wouldn't walk straight into a team uh, unless, say, like Burnley could afford him or or one of the teams that are going up, maybe Luton or 
or potentially Coventry, but mm. that's unlikely. But he wouldn't get it. So he needs that time. I think for his career, it's best to stay at Southampton, show what you've got again, because we want him to to reach his full potential. And then maybe January, so a, a Premier League club's like, yeah. oh yeah, he's he's got the minerals, he's back back full fitness. And, there and then you've got James Bree, yeah. yeah, who's done it at that at that level too. So there's kind of it's not a bad option for right back, left back. Who would you would you think Perro will, will will stick around? I think one of our top goal scorers will leave. <laughs> uh, but yeah, left back. Uh, I mean, I'm looking here whether, you know, obviously Jan, Jan Valery left. Uh, he's, he's long gone. Um, I think Juan Larios uh, is so tiny. Not that that's a, you know, like a stigma or, or a slight of him. He's just so tiny, but he hasn't, he's been injured and we knew that he was at Man City Academy. So I think having Juan become the man, I think Perro would probably try and try and leave. Yeah, that's so. a good shout. And also you've got Thierry Small, who could be coming back from his loan spell at St Mirren as well. So, um, mm. And he was signed from from Everton. So again, with with uh, kind of a an eye on potential for the future. So you could have a, a kind of inexperienced, but young and talented uh, left back and cover it left back in those two. So that's a good shout. Centre-back, it gets slightly more interesting because I think Lianco will stay. Um, mm. But I'm not sure who he's going to be partnering because you'd say Bednarek is one of the higher earners. Is he going to want to stay in the championship? Maybe, mm. maybe not. You'd look at Salasu and Bella Kotchap are the ones to depart. And then you have Duje and Jack Stevens coming back. Now, Jack Stevens obviously gone went to Bournemouth probably most people thinking that he would be in a Bournemouth side that would get relegated. Instead, they've done not too bad and they've been a transformed team under Gary O'Neill and has played a bit part in keeping them up. But would he come back to the to the, to the the Saints and, and partner Lianco at, at centre-back in the Championship? Mate, I mean, th- th- this is the problem with, with doing something like this. I, I hope so. I didn't... I I like Jack Stephen. He was a very passionate you know, player. And if we're talking about this season... Someone like Jack not being in the dressing room, someone like uh, Oriol Romeo not being there, a leader by their actions, not do as I say, but do as I do. You know, was he the most skillful, talented defender that we ever had? No, but that we we don't necessarily need flair, or we just need people who are committed to the cause. So if Jack wanted to come back and be part of the team, I'd I'd, I'd definitely take him. Yeah, midfield is where it gets quite interesting, Tom. If we if we maybe say that Prowse is gone. We don't know this. He, he could well stay. Who knows? Um, obviously, rumours around certain middle-of-the-table clubs like West Ham and maybe your Villas or even potential Newcastles, they've all been rumoured, but we don't really know what's going to happen with, with Prousey. I think every Southampton fan would absolutely love him to stay, say, you know what, I'm Mr. Southampton. I'll stick with this club. I saw them down. I'll get them back up again. Um, but I think there's too big of a question mark around his future to really include him. Who, who would you go as your, as your centre midfield pairing? Mate, straight away, I would get in the small boner. Uh, he's coming back uh, from his time on loan. Uh, Will Smallbone, uh, I do apologise. Uh, love him. Think he's great. Republic of, Republic of Ireland um, under 23 or even getting into the international. So I, I think he's proven he's he's got that championship mentality, done well there, come back from an injury, definitely have in there I, I honestly don't know about that midfield pairing I'd love to see uh, Charlie Alcaraz stick around but I, I wouldn't be able to tell you about Stewie Armstrong is it time for him to maybe to head back up 
up past the border to Scotland. Um, Elianusi, I don't think it's going to be sticking around. No. Chinepo, hopefully not. Samuel Adozi, uh, I, I want him to stick around. It's, it's and Diallo, I don't think will stick around. So I think it's the midfield is going to be the the rebuild. Uh, yeah, for, for me, I think if they stick to that kind of if if you look at Alcaraz as more of a more of a ten, um, I think he could be really potent in the championship. I would I would. It's tough because we've got to pick from players that, that that we've currently got. We can't say, oh, we'll bring we'll bring in, we'll leave a gap in the midfield to bring someone in, even though that is a, a strong possibility. You make a very good shout with Will Smallbone. Um I, I think he could he could be decent uh for next season, fill that void maybe that Prowsey might leave. I'm gonna say Will Smallbone and Lavia. Nice. Centre midfield. I think if we can hold on to Lavia, all oh, that that he will he will tear it up. He'll be a beast in the championship, I think. Amen. One hundred percent. I think that's a good centre partnership from what what we've got. But in terms of wingers, who who would you get? I mentioned a dozy Camel yeah. Dean. Is he sticking around? Does I mean, anyone want him? A club a club record signing signed in January on a long term contract. Would they get rid of him so soon? He's only twenty years old. Um, I I probably think he'll stay. You know, yeah. we've seen what we've seen. We've seen teams like Watford go down with players like Jao Pedro and some of the players they spent big on. Um and who've stayed in the championship for a season or two. And I think he could be one of them. And I think he could be really, he's so raw in terms of his talent, but he's got pace. He's really exciting to watch. He drives at defences. He takes players on. I would probably go, if I was looking at wingers, would be Camel Dean on the right, Adozi on the left. Mm, nice. Uh, you, do you know what Do you know what I worry about uh, in a championship, quite a physical division i look at that midfield as soon as you've just we, like we if, if we stuck with that that's not that's not like the bruising midfield that i think of a championship team that that's needed mm. if we had a slight midfield and i'm calling that for a slight midfield you would need the bulky strikers so going on to the strikers i would love it if jay jay stayed mm. I, I i really would love it because i think he you know, yes, goals are hard to come by sometimes, but he does battle and he does fight, and and you kind of want that, and you want a free scoring, yeah, <laughs> goal scoring next yeah. to him. Yeah. So I'd I'd love Che. What what do you think about the strikers? Well, it's, it's I think it's, it does get interesting because obviously we've overlooked Nathan Teller, who could come back and can maybe take uh, one of the front three positions. Maybe he could go on the left instead of a dozy, but obviously has the the experience now of winning the championship. I think that could be be vital if. He stays, but I know Burnley want to want to keep him long term. So let's 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 say that we stick him with with a Dozy and and Cameldean in our kind of wide forward positions. I think when it comes to the striker, Big Paul could potentially do do a job in the Championship. But again, you have to change that style of play. You've got Adam Armstrong has smashed in goals in that division as well. Sekumara is young and he's talented, and we've seen him play some some great football at Premier League level and in the Cups and he scored against some big teams and he, he's quite good with his reactionary shot. Something that that we see Shea maybe take one touch too many and, and, and the chance is gone and we don't necessarily see, necessarily see the same with Mara. He seems to have a slightly more confidence in front of goal. But all being said, Shea is still probably our best forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, I, and I would probably say he's a, he's a Scottish international uh, I think I, I would stick with Shea. I know, I know, it might be a slightly sort of um, unfashionable choice, but I would still say if you're choosing one striker out of everything that we've got, 
it's it'd still be Shea. He can kind of do it all. He can drop into the midfield. He's strong. He can hold up play. He can finish. He just needs to, you know, improve in when he gets situations one on one, or where he just has a snapshot that needs taken. But he's done it in the division before, and 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 I'd probably stick with Shea. Mm. I mate, I, I think that's a a decent. Is it is it a, a, a team that is gonna win or bulldoze in any way, shape, or form? Because I looked at the championship, mate, and out of the teams, of course, Plymouth, Ipswich are being promoted from League One. Is it going to be Peterborough? They've got a 4 0 lead against Sheffield Wednesday, so you probably think they'll go to the final and they'll be taking on Bolton or Barnsley. But Sunderland are there. We just mentioned the Middlesbrough. Blackburn had a good season. Millwall finished up in the top. West Bromwich Albion, Swansea, Watford, Preston, Norwich, Bristol City, Hull, Stoke, Birmingham, Huddersfield, Rotherham, QPR, and Cardiff. And I look at those, there's a lot of Premier League experience within yep. those. Yeah. And you think to yourself, I could I couldn't look at that right now and go where is an easy win coming when we don't even know the squad yet. So I think it's going to take a little bit of time for Southampton to work out what they are. So don't be expecting any simple quick wins. But I'm I'm excited for it because that there's some great away days there straight yeah. away. Steve, it's that time on episode 35 of We March On podcast. Um, Steve, I've got a trivia-based sort of fun fact to remind us of good times. I don't know, because today's about relegation. Um, basically, are you ready for the trivia slash fact question, yes, Steve? Yes, I am indeed. All right. Okay. Now, um, back in the 2004-2005 season, uh, Saints were relegated. They finished 20th. Norwich finished in 19th. And Crystal Palace finished in 18th place. The question is, Steve, out of those three teams, can you tell me which order they finished in the championship the following season? Now, my phone went off in the middle of you saying that, so I actually what? only heard Palace. Uh, what was the other, Who were the other teams? Oh, my God. <laughs> Norwich City and Crystal Palace. It finished Southampton Bottom, yeah. then it was Norwich, then it and was then Crystal Palace. Palace. Okay. So tell me where they finished in the championship uh, the following season. Didn't Southampton get back-to-back relegations back then? No. No? Okay. I'll, I'll put, uh... It was back-to-back promotions, but it wasn't yeah. back-to-back relegations. Got you. Uh, right. I would say... Uh, Southampton, I don't remember, so I'm just going to totally guess at this. Saints, 10th. Norwich, 9th. And Palace, 6th. <laughs> mate <clears throat> fantastic so basically they were relegated in a particular order and they finished in exactly the same way crystal palace did in fact finish in sixth place yay <laughs> norwich city finished in ninth and then southampton finished in 12th and the interesting thing about this is the following season i got two out of three right there. mate i know which is incredible yeah so you know, you save the best till the end of the season. The following year, Southampton finished in the playoffs and Palace finished 12th and Norwich finished in 16th. So what have I taken from that? Uh, Southampton aren't going to finish higher than the other two teams that get relegated next year, but we will learn how to play in the championship. And I reckon the year after where Southampton will start fighting uh, and understand okay. what it takes to get through the championship, All right, which isn't you, what what isn't what Saints fans want to hear, no, is it? You, no, you want you an instant hear... bounce back, but you're you're predicting at least two to three seasons in the champ. Yeah, because 
we are not where we need to be. Do you know what I like about Leicester and what they've done? Dean Smith's come in and that is your championship manager ready to get them back up. Um, and some of the signings they made, I was like, oh, this is not Premier League calibre here. So I think that they're going to be, I think they're getting relegated and I think Leeds are as well. That's my that's my take. I yeah. think Everton are going to squirm their way out of this one. I think you're right. I mean, the thing is with Leicester, some of the talent in that squad, like they're, I think there will be a fire sale at Leicester mm. um, because so many of those players are not going to want to play in the championship because they are um, certainly, some of them are, are elite level. So, yeah, that that'll be a big surprise, but we're not here to talk about Leicester. Um, <laughs> no, we are not. Let's let's quickly move on to a, a couple of uh, points of interest before we close out the show today. Um, a couple of Saints players have uh, been nominated or won. Uh, sorry, certainly nominated for awards. You got Dom Ballard nominated for the Premier League Two Player of the Year. He's a he's a striker. We didn't include in our eleven, but could certainly play a big part in a championship campaign next year. And then also Nathan Teller, um, who has a bit of a question mark over his head, um, has been nominated for the PFA Fans Player of the Year Award for the championship. Mm. I mean, uh, congratulations to, to all of those players. It's It's been interesting to look at how many players got loaned out. I, I actually noticed, I mentioned them earlier, Bolton, Dan and Lundaloo uh, is trying to get them promoted up to the championship. Uh, hasn't really done too much injuries, uh, haven't helped him. But to see Teller do so well in the championship, to see Don Ballard there, and to see someone like maybe Dan and Lindeloo, you know, being on the bench for a squad for next year, Thierry Small, people with potential and talent. I, I, I'm, I'm excited, but rather than thinking, oh no, like we've got no one. We've got some good academy players that could easily slip into that scene. And I'm hoping, and I don't know how you feel about it, that maybe for Brighton away, and maybe the Liverpool game that a couple of those academy players mm. on the fringes get get an opportunity at least get a cap in. I mean, we see it with with a lot of the other teams when it gets to that kind of closing point of the season, especially if there's nothing to play for. That some of the fringe squad or at least the academy players do get a run out. You don't know if it's maybe the right time because you know, although the pressure is essentially off now with relegation confirmed, is it right to then just go well, okay? Well, we're, we're down now. We'll just chuck in. The, the youngsters and see how they do. But it, it Will that give them the best start to life in the first team? I, I don't know, although it would be nice to see them. So that's a decision for Ruben, really. I, I think Don Ballard's a really good talent. I think he could prove to be a really exciting, good striker um, that could be the future number nine for Southampton mm. long term. We'll, we'll wait and see. Um, Brighton away will be a tough fixture. They've had a their kind of season slightly derailed, maybe. In the yeah, last and then, and then they beat Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> so, and then they actually <laughs> smashed Arsenal. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're a team that I don't know what to expect. They could absolutely turn Southampton over um, on Saturday or they or they could roll over and have their bellies tickled. I, I'm really not too sure. Um, but, yeah, I'll be working that one for Saints live. And then you've got Liverpool last day of the season. Will they still be pushing for a Champions League place? I would have thought they'd have had nothing to fight for, but it seems like due to... Newcastle and United slipping up and they're just being a point in it. They they could be really hunting for something on that final day too. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't expect anything from those games in terms of what Southampton will do. Um, Brighton are fighting for Europe. The top six finish. So are Liverpool. Um, they're fifth at the moment. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it, another two losses <laughs> minimum. But that's why maybe 
throwing in a couple of the youngsters to just go, why not? Like, we, we, you know, it's pride on the line, but the players haven't done themselves any favours with that. So like, I kind of I kind of want to see a couple of the players that are definitely going to be in the championship next year that the club are like, there's no way we're letting them go. Start playing them. That that would be my my take on it. But um, well, enjoy enjoy the game, Steve. I know there's not going to be much joy coming from it. Other <laughs> I'm than doing the, it on you... my own as well. Kenzie's away, so I've got to do the what? Brighton game. She's ditched it as soon as they're relegated. She's gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, Saints live on my ones on on uh, on Saturday coming. Oh mate, well look, it's it's going to be brilliant fun. Um, hey. Do you know what? We got through it. There's cause for optimism. I cannot wait for the away days. Um, there's only, you know, QPR's a London one. That's not far from us, mate. We can no. do that. Maybe we'll have to reinvent our, our wheel uh, next next season. And maybe we maybe we do some some away day features. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll get to the, uh, the drawing board and brainstorm. Oh, that would be awesome. Well, listen, Steve, absolute pleasure. Uh, the socials, we march on pod. You know how to get involved. But Saints Brass, come on. You know what to do. Lay us out!